My name is Ronika Jacobs and you found my podcast, Drive for More, Your Best Life Now. While there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, you've taken the time out to listen to this one. So for that, I would like to say thank you. So without any further delay, let's get to it. Let's strive for more. My next guest, Kim Addis, is helping people strive for more in the area of life and career coaching. Kim is the president and founder of Frame of Mind Coaching and Journal Engine Software. She's an author, speaker, entrepreneur, coach, and mother of five. Kim is recognized as one of North America's leading experts on performance through thought mastery. In this episode, she can help us understand how we can use intimacy and several other core values to further our career or life. Hi, Kim. Welcome. Thank you so much for being a guest on my show. How are you? I'm great, and I'm super happy to be here and to be talking to you today. I just can't wait. This is so awesome. All right, Kim. One thing I loved as I was doing research for your episode was that your coaching company has core values. Love it. Love it so much. And the core values that you have, and I'm just going to let the listeners know, they are generosity, intimacy, leadership, personal development, and integrity. So, I mean, of course, there are so many different characteristics out there, but how did you pick those five in particular as your core values for your company? So normally when people choose their core values, they usually kind of go into a room and they say, okay, what do we want our values to be? We did it a little differently. What we did was we went into a room together and we said, what are the values we already live and breathe by? Like, how would we define our guiding principles? And these are the words we came up with to describe how we already operate. So it was a bit of a backwards experience, but for us, it was really about how do we define what's really, really important to us, our behavior, and the way we conduct our business. And these are the words we came up with. Wow, that really speaks to that start with the end in mind. You know, people say that, but y'all truly did that. You did. You thought about where do we want to end up and and what do we want to convey and work backwards from there. I think that's, that's phenomenal. That's exactly what happened. And, you know, it's just hard to sometimes find the right word to describe the actions and the behaviors we're already deeply entrenched with. And so this is how it unfolded. Now, I can tell you, I saw that one of your core values is intimacy. And I thought, what in the world? Okay, so where is that going? (laughs) 
So can you expound on that a little more? I mean, what does this mean for the members of your team? Okay, so I run a coaching company and I have a team of coaches. And every single coach started off by being a client. So every one of them went through the coaching process first. So what does that mean? Right off the bat, it means we really know our coaches very well, personally and professionally, because we've spent so much intimate time with them. And on top of that, we created structures so that they could get to know each other. They go through yearly training, they meet in person, they're in Canada and the United States, and they're very, very connected. So they get together outside of formal business meetings. They, they love each other, they talk to each other, they're very intimate together. But really where this came from was an ideology of what is required between a coach and a client, like what kind of relationship is required in order for the client to truly trust their coach and help that client move a great distance. And for me, I'm also interested in speed in a short period of time. So what is truly required? What's required is a real, authentic relationship. And in order for a real, authentic relationship to exist, it cannot be a one-way relationship. It needs to be a two-way relationship. In order for it to be a two-way relationship, there needs to be some degree of intimacy. What does that mean? That if I'm coaching you, sure, you're telling me all about yourself. But if all it is is that you tell me about you, a relationship doesn't establish. It's very important for me to share a me too. Now you know who it is that's coaching you. Now you trust this person on the other end of the phone. Progress can be made. No, I totally understand that. You know, sometimes it's hard because you, if you're thinking about using a coach and you think, okay, this person is just going to give me a bunch of advice and I'm just supposed to listen to it and then just do what they say. But then it feels like sometimes they're – trying to tell you something and, and then it's like, okay, well, this doesn't really apply or either, oh, well, I do that already. Like, and, and so I guess that's true. The intimacy needs to be there so that you can build a relationship so they can know really how to help you. Well, one is so that they can know how to help you. But the other thing is that, have you ever been to therapy? I don't know. Have you ever done that in your life? Oh, most definitely. <laughs> okay. So I remember I went to therapy when I was getting and I was married for 15 years, and then I was going through a divorce, and it was a very difficult, traumatic, emotional experience, as is for many people. But I remember going to the therapist, and on week one, I sat on the couch and just, like, spilled my guts, and I cried my heart out, and then I left. And the second week, the same thing. And the third week, the same thing. But on the fourth week, I went in, and I realized, like, how weird this relationship is. I come in, I talk, he listens, I leave, and I feel drained at the end of it. Frame of mind coaching, we need that kind of reciprocity in the relationship because now it's not out of balance. There's balance here. And we put that balance down so that the real work can begin. Because when you're feeling out of balance in a relationship, you cannot make progress. I get that for sure. It's a little bit different in terms of the approach. No, it is. It is. Because I, I know if I'm off balance, then I don't have a clear vision of what I'm trying to accomplish or where I'm trying to go. Right. And if you're off balance in a relationship with someone who's trying to help you, you shut down. Now, you talk about journaling and that it's a really great activity for anyone 
not just in leadership, but just anyone, period. And, you know, I have to say I agree with you, Kim. I, I, after reading, and I started thinking about journaling, and I said, you know what, I keep saying I'm going to do it, and I tried it, and I love it. So can you share with the listeners, like, the great benefits to journaling? Well, we use journaling as a centerpiece in our coaching, but let's just talk about journaling in and of itself. Journaling allows me to put down my thoughts. Journaling allows me to see my thoughts as though they are separate from me, not as though, and see them as separately from me, right? So when I put down my thoughts, then I'm able to evaluate whether or not my thoughts are aligned with my goals. And very often we find that our thoughts are completely out of sync with our goals. And what we want to do then is say, okay, well, I don't have control over a lot of things in the world but I do have control over my thinking. And if my thinking is not in sync with my goals, it's going to be very hard to reach my goals. Therefore, I need to do some work in aligning my thoughts. But let's get a little simpler. When I journal, I unload what I'm thinking. I'm able to evaluate what's on the paper, and I'm able to make decisions about where I want to go, what my goals are, how to solve problems, the things that I want in my life. I'm able to work through some of my challenges through writing it down. No, I, I, I can agree with you. Um, as I'm going through this process and, and expanding my podcast and strive for more and the brand, and as I've been journaling, because I would love to, um, you know, keep up with my thoughts and, and figure out how to grow my brand and even maybe, you know, write a book one day uh, about strive for more, and I realized, like, I got, I got to start writing down my thoughts and, and really and, – and as I'm doing that, it started giving me, like, direction. Like, it's almost like a roadmap. <laughs> that's exactly revealed. right. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, I mean, yeah. So I encourage any of you out there, any of my listeners, uh, you know, Kim, she swears by journaling, and, <laughs> and, and I can tell you now I do too, and I have been journaling, and, I, I, it's, and it, it's even nice even from the last couple of days and I've gone back to the first page and read what I wrote and I'm like, huh, okay. <laughs> interesting. That's, That's right. Thought. Right. It's, it's interesting to see sometimes how you keep thinking the same thing over and over again. It's interesting to see how much you've changed over time. And it's interesting to see where you're uh, making progress and where you're still struggling. Okay. Now, Kim, we are in this, newer generation where empathy is talked about a lot, um, yep. that bosses and leaders need to be more empathetic or more empathic. We need to think about people's emotions. We're not leading, you know, don't just lead with an iron fist and really think about how people feel before you make a decision. I read and you say, you say you're not really a fan of empathy. Why not? What's, what's that all about? Well, so as a, first of all, let's define empathy. Let's just do that, okay? So what is empathy? Empathy is not an intellectual experience. It's not um, being compassionate or, you know, noticing that someone's in trouble or in pain. It's not that. It's putting yourself in the shoes of another person and feeling their emotional state. That is exactly what empathy is. It's an emotional right. experience. So imagine that there's a leader and he's walking by a park and he sees someone drowning in a pool. How is that person in the pool feeling? 
most likely they're feeling like, oh, my God, I'm going to lose my life. Right. So they're desperate. They're scared. They're panicked. Right. Now, if that leader suddenly empathizes, in other words, if suddenly that leader feels those feelings, now the leader feels panicked, scared, terrified, all those feelings. And in that moment, that leader has disabled themselves from being able to help the person who's drowning. Because you wow. can't help someone else when you're panicked, scared, terrified, etc. Right? What he's effectively done, this leader, is he's jumped in the pool and started drowning right along beside the person who's already drowning. Right? They're now both drowning. So wow. you've never heard that before, right? Oh, I never thought of it that way. Right. It's pretty crazy. So it's not that the leader shouldn't have compassion. The leader should see someone drowning and say, oh, my God, I need to help them. But the leader needs to stand firmly on the edge of the pool and believe that they can help, believe that they can come out and safely be outside of the pool. So they have to stand on the outside of the pool strongly, lean in and pull them out. They should not jump in and start drowning too. You know what? And that, that's so true because I think in leadership, the message has been to be more empathic and be empathetic and, and lead with your heart. You do sometimes end up taking on someone else's problem, and, and I don't know if it is, is always the best thing. <laughs> you know, it's never the best thing. Right, right. Definitely. It's not because if I take on someone else's problem, what does that say about my belief in their ability to take their problems and deal with them? Yeah, I mean, well, they're not going to because if you're going to solve them for them, then they don't learn for the next time. Well, if I always solve your problems, then I believe you don't have the ability to solve problems, right? That's so is true. That, is that a good thing for me to think about you? No, absolutely not. Because, right. I mean, then, because <laughs> I, one, I can't grow from that for sure. Exactly. As, as the, there's no way I can grow from that. Exactly. You can't grow from that. And I keep getting stuck solving your problems and you get used to it and you think you don't have the ability to solve problems. And so now the hole you're in just got deeper and deeper and deeper. And I'm doing more and more of the digging out of that hole. Right. So this is not fun for me and it's not fun for you. And now we're in this this entanglement, as people have said, in this of a codependent relationship. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. All right. So you do leadership training. Yep. There are all types of leadership program trainings out there. So what makes your program unique? So we say that what makes it unique is the four Ps. <laughs> so it's the philosophy. And the philosophy is that what we're trying to do when we help leaders is not hold them accountable or manage their actions or manage their behaviors, but we're really there to understand how they think and what they believe to be true and understand how those two things lead to the outcomes they're getting, both positively and negatively. So our philosophy is that the way a person thinks has the single greatest impact on their outcomes. And in order to reach amazing goals, we have to really help someone think in ways that allow them to easily achieve those goals. So one is philosophy. The second is our people. In other words, our coaches. Our coaches are in it. They've done the work. They've been trained. They're absolutely top of the line coaches. They are incredible. So our philosophy, our people, our platform 
which is we use a journaling process to coach people, and uh, we use a, a technology that we built in-house called Journal Engine for a private and secure coaching experience. And last but not least, it's our process and our principles. So we have a framework that we use for coaching, and it's like bulletproof. It works every single time with every single client. We take them through a journey that allows them to really explore how they're wired and why they behave the way they do and understand that sometimes their behavior leads them away from what they want instead of towards what they want. And we help them we rewire their thinking so that it becomes easy for them to reach their goals. The four Ps. The four Ps. I think that's awesome. That's really awesome. Now, we've learned also uh, if you're in if if any of you listeners, if you are in management or in leadership of some type, you know you're starting to learn that people don't want to be managed. So you're you're a leader, and doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be managing people, but it's more about coaching people. So, what is the biggest mistake in coaching that you've seen leaders often make? Yeah, there are several, but I would say that the biggest mistake that that leaders make in coaching their people is they focus on behaviors. What does that What does that mean? Again, another shock, right? <laughs> so, where leaders go wrong is they look for behavioral change. What they need to understand is behaviors follow beliefs. So first we have a belief or a thought, and that belief leads us to taking a certain action. And if we try to just change the action, the behavior, without changing the belief, we get short-term change. We don't get sustainable change. So it's kind of like walking up to a dog, and you want the dog to wag his tail, so you grab the tail and you shake it. That's what it's like. And that's what leaders are doing over and over and over again. They tell their employees, here's what I want you to do. Just do this without really taking the time to understand the beliefs that are causing that employee to behave the way they are behaving already. And so they're not addressing the beliefs. They're only addressing the behaviors. And that's a big, big, huge mistake. I know there was a training I went through one time centered around conversations. And, and I just remember that's one of the things in communication is that, you know, you send a message to someone, whether it's verbally or through email, and then the response is totally off. <laughs> from and, and, you know, the, it just, the intention just doesn't match the outcome for whatever reason. And one of the things that I, I've learned over time is just context is so important. And not just present context, but just in the past. Like people have past experiences yes. that that have to that show up <laughs> and then you're like, Why did they respond that way? I didn't even mean it that way. And that's I I can see that. That's why behaviors like it's very hard to change that because of people their experiences in the past and then just context is how they see things. Yes, that's exactly right. Wow. All right. So without giving too much away, because I know Frame of Mind Coaching, Kim, your, your program is phenomenal, but without giving too much away, what are your five coaching steps? Oh, we're going to need like a year and a half for this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll tell you very, very, very quickly. 
as a leader, as a mother, as a coach, the first thing that we need to do when we coach someone is really pay attention to our existing or predetermined thinking about the person in front of us. And we need to put that away. We need to to check the story we have about this person at the door. And we need to walk into the conversation without any preconceived notions about this person. And we need to be open and assume positive intent. So that's the first step. Step number two is what we need to do is we need to do some learning. So I say get their story. Try to understand what's going on for them. Ask them some questions. And here's the thing is that usually when you ask someone questions, they give you a very, very small snippet of a story. And so step number three is dig under the story. Get more of the story. So understand who, what, where, when, why, how, right? Like get all the juicy details of the story because you cannot coach anybody without getting a story first. And why are we so focused on the story is because in the story exists a set of beliefs. And so step number four is uncover the beliefs. So if someone says, hey, you know, like um, Paul came to the office and he was very mad and he's always mad. And you know what? I think he just doesn't like me. What we want to do is really understand the belief he doesn't like me and where that comes from. And If we don't understand that, we can't provide appropriate coaching. So step number four is uncover the beliefs. And step number five is now to challenge the beliefs. So if we're talking about Paul who doesn't like the person, we might say, did he say something specifically about whether or not he likes you? Are you the only person he treats that way? Did something happen at home maybe that you know, triggered him to be grumpy, and on and on and on. We might want to know more, but we're pushing back to challenge some of the beliefs that this person has that isn't consistent with having a good relationship with Paul, as an example. So again, step number one, check your story at the door. Step number two is get their story. Step three is dig under their story. Step four is uncover the beliefs. And step five is challenge the beliefs. So I'm giving it very simply, but these are very, very profound steps. Yeah, I can see how in in sequence, each step is just important as the next. And I can see where you definitely can't skip a step. And I also see how they all work together to help you improve or and really grow in your personal development. Yes, now they sound fairly simple, but when you start to practice them, it's amazing how deep they can take you to understanding really truly how a person views the world and how sometimes that view or that perspective is really doing them a disservice. Right. Right. See, and that's where your coaches come in, right, Kim? Exactly. <laughs> so that's of contacting, you know, frame of mind coaching because you can give you you can give each of those steps individually and say, okay, now follow these. But like you just said, no, it, in isolation, it's it's really not that simple um, because you can have your coaches, and that's what they really do to bring that accountability out of people. Well, so so let's talk about accountability. I know it's not what you expected, but our the the job of the coach isn't to hold the client accountable. The job of a coach is really to help a client see themselves, their goals, their desires, 
their actions with more clarity. And the goal of the coach is to help the client make decisions, not only big decisions, but even small decisions, not only faster, but more accurately, so that those decisions are leading them to their goals and desires. So rather than holding them accountable to taking the actions that will lead them to their goals, the coach's job is to help the client think in ways that will more regularly, easily, and readily lead them to their goals. Thank you for clearing that up for me because often I really think about coaches also being that person that that's what they're for. That's how I stay on track because they're the ones that's gonna, that are going to help me, you know, hold me accountable and make sure that I follow through. And not saying that they can't, but I was thinking, like, that's the main reason why I need to get a coach. <laughs> that's not but, the main reason why you need a right, coach. Right, right. I see that. I see so, that. So my question for you is if you think, if you feel like you need someone to help you stay on track, my question is, so what's stopping you from staying on track? What's actually getting in the way? And let's move that out of the way so that you can stay on track on your own. So the goal of a coach, a real, true, authentic coach, is to help their client become independent, not dependent on their coach. Mm. All right, so my next favorite topic, podcasting. I'm a female podcaster. You're a female podcaster, so I always like to spotlight my podcast female friends. You know, women in podcasting, we're so awesome. We're rocking it in this (laughs) field. What are a few topics that, you know, just talk briefly a little bit about your podcast, and what are a few topics that people can kind of download and listen to uh, from your podcast? Okay, so so up until recently, very recently, uh, we've always been interviewing different experts on different subjects. So it could be, um, you know, a- any subject, really. Like people come to the table with different experiences and we're learning from them and, and about them and they're teaching us something. Very exciting. Much like Strive for More, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I think it's amazing, and I think that there are, there's a lot of value in that. However, you know, lately we've decided to change the format of our podcast. And instead of interviewing experts, we decided to offer people the opportunity to get coached live and in person on the podcast. So... For a long time, I've been wanting to do this, but I had a belief that nobody would want to get coached on a podcast because I thought, you know what, it's a pretty, you know, vulnerable spot to be in. But we decided to go for it, and suddenly we have all kinds of volunteers who are eager, willing, and wanting to get coached on the podcast. So it's been an amazing experience. I'm very, very excited about it really surprised and impressed with the the guests and how much they're willing to open up and be authentic and transparent. And it's been, you know, very interesting, invigorating, challenging for me to coach on a podcast because usually like, you know, it's, it's a private conversation and it takes some time, but on a podcast, as you know, you got to move fast. Right, right. You only have so much time because, I mean, people's attention spans, you know, they're only going to listen exactly. to Exactly. For- wow. Well, I'm excited about that. I can't wait for those episodes to, to debut. Uh, I, I like any of your episodes already. <laughs> so this is well, going to be – Well, yeah, any- I can – 
I can send you a copy of the first episode, and it's called the Frame of Mind Coaching Podcast. Oh, awesome. That would be great. That would be great. Can't wait. You know, anybody who is out there, you know, willing to take a risk, because, you know, the, the great thing that I talk about with my executive producer all the time is that podcasting, there are no rules, right? So there's no one way to do it. There's no one size fits all. It's your podcast. You do what you want with it. And that's amazing. <laughs> that's right. You do what you want. All right. Well, you know, that's our time, Kim. I could talk to you all the time, but I do have one last question that's kind of a little bit along the lines of what we've been talking about, but what's one book that changed your life after you read it? Well, I'll tell you, there was one book that uh, left a profound impact on me, and that was a book called The Art of Possibility by a gentleman named Benjamin Zander. He is the conductor, or he was anyways at the time, of the Boston Philharmonic Orchestra, and he taught people music. And he just had a completely different approach to education, uh, human beings, and the way people learn and the way people come to the table and the way he thought of his own role as an instructor, as a coach, really. And that really, really impacted me. It's a brilliant book. It's so easy to read. It's fun. And it'll really kind of push you to think about things very differently. Wow, the art of possibility. And who's the name of the author again? Benjamin Zander. Okay, the art of possibility by Benjamin Zander. All right, well, I'll have to add that to my list um, to get on Audible. <laughs> yeah, right. it's, it's a good book. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Kim. I really appreciate you. Can you do me a favor? Please let everyone know how they can either listen to your podcast or seek your services for coaching or perhaps become your next guest to get coached on your <laughs> podcast. Okay. So here's what I want anybody who's listening to do. Grab a piece of paper and a pen and take these two things down. Number one, if you are interested in being a guest on my podcast, send me an email. It's Kim at frameofmindcoaching.com, and on this podcast, you will be coached live and in person. If you have a challenge that you don't feel comfortable talking about on a podcast, email me anyway, and it's Kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. Now, I'm going to give you, can I do this? Can I give everybody two journaling questions to think about? Oh, absolutely. Cool? Okay, yes. so write these down. Question number one. Think about it and think about it for a minute or two before actually writing down your answer. Number one, what do I really, really want more than anything? Now, don't think about what is expected of you. Don't think about what your family wants for you. Don't think about what you should want. Think about what you truly, deeply inside of you, what your heart really wants. Question number two, so what's stopping me from having what I want right now? What's getting in the way? And if you're really bold, answer these two questions and send them my way, and we can talk them through. Again, it's Kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. Well, Kim, thank you so much. You are absolutely amazing. I am glad that our paths have crossed, and I look forward to doing you know, many more things with you and definitely having you back as a repeat guest, and then maybe I'll even get coached on your podcast as oh. well. I would love that. Let me know if you want to do that, and we'll schedule a time. 
Hey, I, I'm I'm with it. You know, one of the things that I struggle with, and I know I struggle with, is is in some of my listeners. You may know um, all too well. Uh, you may because you may deal with it yourself, especially people who are high achievers. I struggle with imposter syndrome. Oh. It, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. Uh, some people don't believe it, but I do. And I'm having a very vulnerable moment right now. But um, I do, even with this podcast, I think nobody's going to listen to this. And it, I'm amazed at the response and, and the numbers of downloads and, and the exposure. And I just think, oh, my gosh. And I think oh, one day it's all going to just die out. It's going to quit. But it doesn't so far. <laughs> so, so, you have, you, so you have evidence of your success, but you don't believe it. Right. <laughs> Crazy, huh? <laughs> very interesting. We'll have to talk about that. Definitely. All right. Well, any last words of encouragement for the listeners as they strive for more? Honestly, the the last word of encouragement is this, is that if you are struggling with anything in a relationship, in your career, with your health, with anything, normally what we do when we're struggling is we ask ourselves a question. And the question is, what should I do differently? And what I want you to do is actually ask yourself a different question. How should I think differently? And that's the first part to making a massive change in your life is starting to think about a different way of actually thinking about your challenges. So don't jump into action. First examine your thoughts. That is my final piece of wisdom for today. Thank you so much, Kim. I wish you nothing but blessings and abundance for your future. Please continue to strive for more and live your best life now. Take care. Thank you so much. As Kim said, make sure that you answer the two questions. And more specifically, you answer, how should I think differently to make a massive change within my life? Behaviors follow beliefs. And we must change our actions to change certain behaviors that will then change our beliefs. In leadership, it's difficult to not try and solve all the problems of your employees or your staff, especially when things don't go the way that you want them to go. It's easy for us to assume that, oh, you know, we must fix it for them. But actually, that's not the case. In leadership, in order to truly make people grow, we have to allow them to see their mistakes and allow them to self-correct. Then they can grow after doing some reflection. Continue to strive for more and live your best life now. See you in the next episode.